For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, Bet Online has you covered. From odds, scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports and play your favorite games, Bet Online, where the game starts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Believe in Clippers right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Jesse Cass and Alex Zacker here to break down all the latest with not only Clippers basketball, but a crazy NBA trade deadline, which of course includes a few deals for the Clippers. Alex, how you doing after that wild trade deadline? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. It was a lot of things that was in the in the mix in the pot right now, so... Um... It's pretty awesome to see all these guys going different places. I'm really excited to see what Ben Simmons is going to do. His butt's been sitting for a long time. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting this second half. Yeah, obviously the blockbuster deal between between Philly and Brooklyn with, with the Harden and Simmons deal. We'll get to that one and, and, spl- and spend plenty of time on that one as well. Um, but let's start off with the Clippers and what they've been able to do in the past week or two. They got things started a little earlier than the trade deadline, about a week ago with a deal of their own you know right now the Clippers sitting in the eight seed they've had three tough losses in a row as the schedule kind of really ramps up and gets a little tougher uh, but have been playing good basketball before that and with playing that good basketball kind of rewarded with I don't know if you call it a full-on you know buyer's mode type trade but adding pretty significant talent uh, and a guy who's on the books for the next four years in Norman Powell Robert Covington, who will be a free agent, but they'll have the rights to to sign him in the offseason. So they get Norman Powell and Robert Covington from Portland. They send out Eric Bledsoe, first-round pick, who was Kean Johnson, Justice Winslow, and one of those second-round picks they got from Detroit uh, in that old Luke Kennard deal. So what do you think of of the deal, bringing in Norman Powell and Robert Covington and and, trading a few of the the bench pieces to get them? Man, I I think it was cool. I really do. Um... You know, at, at first it was it was it was trying to figure out a strategy of why they did that. You know, and to me, I, I look at these guys that they, that we got. You know, as far as Robert, you know, as far as um, Powell, these guys are defensive players. You know what I mean? And and that's how they made their knack, their thrive. And you know, so it's definitely going to help on the other end of the floor for sure. Um, and not letting these guys just you know walk all over us. So. I just look at it as far as the defensive standpoint where, you know, we need to get a little bit stronger from that point on and especially in the second half of the season moving forward. Yeah, and, you know, for this one, for me, this is a home run trade. You know, obviously 
uh, you know, Bledsoe did a nice job in that backup point guard role this year. Uh, you know, same Justice Winslow was coming into his own. He's obviously, you know, a talented player and a great defender as well. And we didn't really get a chance to see Keon Johnson. But you look at someone like Norman Powell and what they would normally, you know, what it would normally take to get them on the open market where you're usually giving up a first-round pick or significant talent. You know, the Clippers yeah. giving up guys off really kind of the back of the bench. And you look at Norman Powell, as you said, not only a, a great defender, but this guy was averaging, you know, become a real scorer. He's averaging 19 points a game, shoots 40% from three, you know, gets to the rim, gets to the free throw line, which this team doesn't do that well. Um, so you look at it in that regard, and that's a just a huge addition for not giving up a whole lot. And then in the Covington, who, uh, you know, someone who can provide a lot of length and versatility defensively, you know, his shot comes and goes, but can stretch the floor and hit the three as well. And, you know, just two guys where, you know, I, I think the move works for this year, but also really looking forward to the future whenever Paul George and Kawhi Leonard get back. Because then you look at yeah. kind of that bigger picture where when everyone is healthy at some point, uh, you look at pairing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you got another dynamic scorer and defender in Norman Powell. We, you know, we've yeah. talked at length about kind of the versatility in the lineups they can throw out you even you add even more to that with guys like Covington and Powell now and their ability to defend and switch so uh you know for what they gave up and what they got I thought it was just a an A plus trade for them and and really one as as the Clippers often do just came out of nowhere uh and you know kind of kicked off this trade season yeah no it's true it's true they they were aggressive with it they was up first raised their hand first for sure and, um, you know, um, besides what I said, too, as far as the, the defensive end, um, looking at it even more, the threat as far as, the, you know, the perimeter is pretty nice, too. And Powell, 19, 21 points a game. He's nothing nothing shy of getting to the bucket, you know. So he's he's been proven, you know, championship caliber player. And uh, he's always getting better from that standpoint, for sure. Yeah, and, and as I'm sure you can appreciate, you know, relatively local guy you know he grew up in san diego but went to ucla uh, so obviously a southern california native and he gets to come back home and and play with you know in front of family and friends which is always you know a really exciting thing for him i'm sure especially having you know spent early parts of his career first in you know in toronto and then now in portland which is obviously a little closer but uh, coming back home on top of everything where like you said when the team is healthy still have a chance to compete for a championship has got to be really exciting for someone like norm a thousand percent it's always good to come back home you know what i mean get that california sun for sure see your family friends you know your local gym as far as ucla you got a lot of things that that's that's contributed to towards this for sure and you know as cali kids you know what i mean it's hard to play (laughs) in toronto or wherever it is that's cold (laughs) i remember my time in detroit seeing my breath you know at the free throw line extremely cold and that snow was killer, you know what I mean? So come on underneath this Cali sun, it's going to be really dope for him. I think he's going to love it for sure. And I was going to ask you about that. Obviously, you just kind of mentioned you started your career in Detroit. You know, you're a Southern California guy. You end up coming to the Clippers uh, after that stop in Detroit. Uh, What was that like from, you know, that perspective for you? And then, you know, the same kind of thing where there's all the positives, but as I said, you've got family, you got friends. They might want some tickets. What's that whole experience yeah. like when uh, when you're back home and, and everyone knows that you're back home uh, and, and wants to get in on the fun? Oh, man, it's awesome. It's awesome. And it's kind of good where, 
you got to be hidden in a way because they're going to be knocking at your door 24-7. You know what I mean? I remember my first time coming back and playing. I guess it was the Clippers the first time. And I probably went bankrupt down there with all these tickets. Before, you know what I mean? And people that I didn't even fool with at the time, they they hit me up. You know what I mean? So it was, it was pretty dope, unreal. And um, I even got a chance to, you know, rekindle some relationships I had with my high school coach that I haven't seen in a long time. He actually saw me play on the platform. We talked and, and dreamed about ourselves, and he always had the, the idea of me getting to this point, and he saw the potential in me. So it was pretty dope and unreal to – so real to actually, you know, um, have him in the stands next to my dad and uh, and my mom as well too. That's amazing. That's That's got to be quite the experience. And um... – I know you touched on it a few moments ago, but you obviously mentioned Rodney Hood. There was, of course, a, a second trade that the Clippers made uh, on deadline day yesterday, um, sending out Serge Ibaka to, to Milwaukee. You know, Serge, you know, he's been a great professional, obviously, but you could tell yeah. he wanted a little bit more opportunity coming off that back surgery. You know, the kind of the emergence of Isaiah Hartenstein made those minutes, you know, a tough three-way split with Zoo at the center spot as well. So... Serge goes out to yeah. Milwaukee to get maybe a little more run over there and play for a contender. And Clippers get back, as he said. Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. Um, you know, not sure if these guys are in the long term plans, but as you said, uh, and, and as we've seen, Clippers seem to just want an unlimited supply of wing players. So you had you had another one <laughs> yeah. in Rodney Hood, who, as you said, a, li- a little bit older, but you know, always always able to cap- capable of getting a basket. And Semi Ojale, he struggled with his shot, but another, you know, physical, uh, more of a power forward type player. But again, someone who operates in that three, four type position. So, um, you know, the switchability, versatility, that kind of goes right along the line of what, of what we've seen with, with this team. With You know, they do have a couple bigs, but outside of that, they want to be big on the wing with, you know, six, seven guys that can pretty much do it all. So that, that kind of fits the mold there yeah. for the Clippers. No, for sure. I, I I think it just brings a little bit more depth as far as off the bench too, and firepower. Um, we're we're spotty at times where we have to. You, you don't know what you're getting, you know, off the bench and stuff. So we'll have a lot more depth as far as like guys that actually can contribute um, from the perimeter, knocking down shots. Who knows whose turn is going to be from that standpoint? But you know, we 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 really banked on um, Luke um, getting there. And he's been doing an amazing job thus far, for sure. But at times, he is spotty sometimes, you know. So we got a little bit more depth to actually, you know, build that trust and that engine to move forward because it's really huge getting to that second half um, and not getting the the key guys any more um, injury-prone than what they are now. You know what I mean? You mentioned Serge Ibaka, who, you know, we've been waiting for him for a minute right now. But, you know, um, I respect him more than anything, the way he conducted himself. You know, he went down to the GB League. He did an unbelievable job. He didn't pout or nothing. He knew what he had to do, and uh, he waited his time. And he got healthy for sure, but, you know, this spot wasn't, you know, fortunate for him to actually continue on with the Clippers. But, you know, I wish him goodwill, you know, and his endeavors for sure. But um, I think we got a key key group of guys now where, you know, they can contribute, and, um, you know, this is who we got right now. This is it. Yeah, and you certainly, like you said, you wish Serge the best. You know, he conducted himself really well. You know, just unfortunate thing with, especially last year with the, with the back injury that that was so tough to yeah. come back from. And you know, he's shown flashes of of being 
the guy that we thought, you know, this year he had that 20-point game against the Lakers just, you know, eight days ago, whatever that was. Um, so, you know, True. he's he's still capable. You know, how consistently he can do that is, is kind of the question. But certainly still, you know, can shoot the basketball, can block shots. Uh, you know, his mobility is probably the biggest question. But, um, you know, he should fit in well with that Milwaukee group where, you know, he'll probably be the backup center there. But, you know, it, he has that playoff experience, which the Clippers – you know, we're banking on as well. So he's someone who you can throw in a big situation and, and not worry about if they're going to, the lights are going to be too bright for them. Yeah, for sure. That's huge, man. Milwaukee is a, is a monster team right now. You know, <laughs> they always been, but, you know, throwing surge in there, he brings a lot, as far as, especially on the defense end and rebounding and stuff like that and spreading the floor out too as a big guard. I mean, big, uh, big man. Yeah. And obviously, you know, for, for Milwaukee, they're pretty set everywhere, like you said, but they don't know if Brooke Lopez, from his back surgery, is going to be back. So, you know, as a guy to back up Bobby Portis, you know, Serge Ibaka is obviously a great option for them. So, you know, happy for Serge. He gets that opportunity. Um, for the Clippers, like we said, I think that that Serge trade in itself is, I, I don't know if you know if you can rate it. It's kind of like an incomplete, but it doesn't really hurt them. You know, you understand why they did it. And then you throw in, of course, I think the Powell trade was the the big one for the Clippers. And, and obviously we'll have kind of the biggest, pay the biggest dividends going forward. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, one thing related to the trade deadline always is the buyout market, which we'll see over the next few weeks. Um, you know, the Clippers are obviously in an interesting spot where, you know, they're like, they're going to make the playoffs or the play in uh, tournament, at least, you know, pretty firmly in the eight seed right now. You know, pretty clear of the you know the ten seed, the eleven seed, which would be where they would drop out. Um, so they're in that playoff mix, uh, but obviously without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you know, if they don't come back this year, not a real contender until next year. So, you know, in terms of their attractiveness to players in the buyout market, that'll be an interesting thing to see. But we did see some guys get dealt who are expected to be bought out, and we know that the Clippers. You know, not that they necessarily always need a true point guard, but really Reggie Jackson right now with that Bledsoe trade, the one real point guard on the roster. So there are a couple point guards that that seem to be like they're going to be available. You know, Goran Dragic, who hasn't played this year, but, you know, very talented player. He just got traded to the Spurs and is going to be bought out. So, you know, initial reports were he was going to go to Dallas, and he very well still might, you know, great great friends in a country made of uh of Luka Doncic but <laughs> but Dallas just traded for Spencer Dinwiddie and already has three point guards so maybe yeah, he doesn't yeah. go there and then you throw in other guys you know Dennis Schroeder just got traded to Houston he'll likely get bought out uh, you know so there's guys available would you think that the Clippers would go after those type of guys and what would you like to see in terms of you know them in the buyout market and being aggressive there I see that we only do have one point guard right now as far as Reggie Jackson and a true point guard. I think we need some more uh, firepower inside where, where you can rely on and Dragic would be a perfect fit for that for sure. I think um, he's seasonal. He's, he, he wants nothing more but just winning the championship and that's something that we need right now and that focus. Yeah, it would be really interesting if they're able to get someone like him uh, to kind of just solidify things. As we said, we know that, you know, there's a lot of depth and, you know, there's only so many minutes to go around on the team. And, you know, one positive that we've seen without that backup point guard is Terrence Mann seemingly kind of becoming more aggressive again. So, you know, 
Not that he's necessarily that point guard. We've seen him play that role before. But, uh, you know, this is a team that we've talked about maybe not as focused on specific positions where, you know, it's that positionless type basketball, but you do still need guys to handle and create. So it's that balance of maybe they don't need the traditional point guard, but as you said, more ball handlers and, and guys that can create for themselves and others is always welcome. No, for sure. And Terrence Mann has been doing an amazing job with that, for sure. But you can actually tell that that's not his actual position to play if you had to put a position into an uh, individual, for sure. Yeah. He feels comfortable wing. He feels comfortable driving and, and attacking, getting it, you know, whipping through and going to the basket and being strong and finishing, you know, knocking down corner threes and stuff like that. Um, Running, pick, and roll. Um, he tend to miss some gaps where he you know, a real point guard can see those things and, and thread the needle and get, you know, easier baskets to their big and stuff like that and putting other guys in foul trouble. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, for the most part, the way they actually structured, the way that they're running their offense, is there is no need for a true point guard right now. It's just really getting it and going because you have wings that actually can bring the ball up and orchestrate the offense of a fluent offense that they have and getting everybody organized, you know. That, that's the hugest thing right there, everybody knowing their roles and their strengths and weaknesses and having the coaching staff can put them in a, in a position where they can actually use their strengths and hide their weaknesses is really vital, you know. And they're doing an amazing job with that right now, for sure. Want to make some money? How about you invest it in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Mastersworks is the new investing app that, let, that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.com slash believe. That's masterworks.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at just under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe, or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guaranteed NordVPN. Yeah, so we'll see. As we said, the Clippers right now, now 27-30 and 30 on the year. I mentioned they're in the midst of this, this three-game losing streak. You know, they had been playing well prior to this little slide. You know, they went on that eight-game road trip that we talked about. You know, able to go four and four on that, despite all of you know the very tough trip, the long trip, the injuries that they've had. You know, they come back, they win that thriller, really near buzzer beater from Reggie Jackson, where they beat the Lakers, and then they've gone into this little three-game slide with, as you said, playing some of the best teams in the league. You know, the Bucks, the Grizzlies, 
the Mavericks, uh, and then this stretch kind of continues for three more games where they've got Dallas again, uh, Golden State, and Phoenix before uh, really a handful of games against three games against the Rockets and two more against the Lakers. So that'll kind of be a little bit more of an easy stretch, but still, um, you know, you kind of circled this portion of the calendar where after that road trip, uh, kind of a, an unfriendly schedule where they get some of the best teams in the league in this seven game stretch. So just trying to kind of battle through it and, and stay afloat right now, um, you know, with everything on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, you know, West Coast has always been uh, a dominant force, you know what I mean? And, and who's ever healthier is definitely going to win from that standpoint. We always struggled against Dallas. You know, they seem like they <laughs> they they play very well against us, you know, like it's like it's the bubble all over again. <laughs> Luka Doncic, he, he's throwing the ball in the ocean every time he sees, you know, a Clipper jersey for sure. You know, so we got to actually eliminate some of his touches if possible, if we could. But, you know, then on top of that, you got Golden State coming and Phoenix well. So you got two powerhouses from Steph Curry and Chris Paul. That Man, you definitely need another point guard for sure to think about when you think <laughs> of it. Cause, yeah, you can't have these guys attacking Reggie Jackson and getting him foul trouble because, you know, that would be, you know, a mishap from that point on. Yeah, and to your point about Dallas and Luka Doncic, you know, Clippers do have those two series that they've won, but I think mm-hmm. I think all Clippers fans can agree the le- the less we see of Dallas, the better. I mean those <laughs> those series they might have won, but they were brutal to watch. And then kind of right on your point, Luka Doncic career high fifty one points in the game last night. So uh, <laughs> you know the less Luka you see or the more you see him play someone else, I think the better for the Clippers. <laughs> We always get them in the playoffs too. Every time, you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we'll hopefully uh, can avoid that this year, especially you know if Kawhi and Paul George aren't available, that probably won't go as well. So we'll uh, yeah. we'll see what goes on there. But but that kind of leads us back into the trade deadline because uh, Dallas was a participant in the trade deadline, so we might as well pick up right mm-hmm. there. Kristaps um, mm-hmm. Porzingis traded to Washington. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans go back to to Dallas. This one was a really interesting trade. Obviously, Porzingis has had plenty of health issues, um, but kind of a spare parts deal for Washington. We know Dinwiddie is talented as well, coming off injuries, but he's really struggled with Washington. Same with Bertans. You know, no first round picks in this deal. Just Porzingis, basically, you know, gone outcast to Washington. Uh, and Dallas brings in another ball creator in, in Dinwiddie and hopes to revive Bertans, who's a, an outside shooter who's also struggled. But what do you think about that yeah. deal for for Dallas and Porzingis being shipped out? No, I think it was well overdue. You know what I mean? I think they weren't getting the full potential of Porzingis. He was, it looked like he was fighting it. You know what I mean? It was just really like giving the throne to Luka um, because Porzingis is definitely somebody that was really unstoppable with the Knicks. And um, after that unfortunate injury, you know, he had to take a back seat. And then all of a sudden you got the Luka Donick show. And uh, he never got his chance to actually shine and be that elite caliber player for Dallas, you know. And um, it's unfortunate. But at the same time, I think that he definitely has a lot in his tank where he can actually contribute. And, um, you know, I think it was a time where, where now it was, it was well overdue for sure. I was waiting for that trade to happen. Um, again, he was a he was a, he was a first class you know uh pioneer just actually you know playing through it you know you didn't see him going through the normal 
um, tendencies of certain players. I'm not going to mention any names where they just sit out or they go cold turkey or they don't play up to their caliber. He definitely was trying to play. And um, he did a great job from that standpoint on, you know. So um, he's going to be a threat for sure on the next uh, next slide over. Yeah, you know, you know, you you get the the idea for both teams in this deal. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, provides another ball handler to kind of take pressure off Luka Doncic, even though Jalen Brunson's kind of already in that role. But yeah, it, gives, nice. it gives them insurance. You know, Brunson's a free agent; he'll be pretty highly coveted. Um, so if they can't re-sign him, they've got another guy in Dinwiddie, uh, and then Bertans, as we said, on a big deal. So you know, obviously they don't get any picks back for Porzingis, which I think is tough for Dallas, but kind of a damaged asset in that regard. And Bertans, sure. you know, a couple years ago earned that big contract himself by being a you know a flamethrower from three-point range. So you had <laughs> you had another shooter for Doncic, and and you get it there. And then, like you said, for Porzingis. You know, health has been a big part of this with him and the main part. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, a fresh start in Washington where, you know, maybe not the guy still with Bradley Beal there, but maybe someone he can work a little better with than, than Doncic, where it did work at times. But you could tell, like like you were saying, um, you know, kind of the maybe not animosity, but uh, Porzingis wanted to be m- more involved and more of the guy. Yeah. And that wasn't going to happen in Dallas. So, uh, you know, it, it definitely made sense from that regard so you know i thought it was it was a really interesting deal and one of the more surprising ones from from this you know past trade deadline yeah for sure for sure i think that was uh it was a key thing it was well overdue for sure and to what you said uh Brunson, uh he's been playing unbelievable for sure he's been a solid threat i already, i mean dallas already said we're not trading him we're going to keep him for sure and to have Spencer Dinwiddie play off him as well, giving Luka Donics a couple of breaths, you know, here and there, so he can actually, it seems like they lose the momentum every time he comes out the game, you know. So to have Spencer Dinwiddie in the other end, um, they're going to be pushing the ball 24-7, you know, nonstop. So it's going to be pretty awesome, even more firepower for us Clippers to worry about, you know, with Spencer there. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, um that's a, that's an interesting trade. All right, we've we've buried the lead long enough. We know the most interesting trade didn't involve the Clippers. It didn't involve the Mavericks. It involved the Sixers and the Nets. The James Harden Ben Simmons trade, which rumor mill swirling the past week and a half. James Harden, you know, suddenly unhappy in Brooklyn. We know the Ben Simmons saga and all, everything that's gone on with that. Uh, and a deal is done. Uh, James Harden to Philadelphia, along with Paul Millsap. Brooklyn gets Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, uh, 2022 first-round pick, a 2027 first-round pick, uh, and that's your deal right there. So, I mean, the headliners are Harden and Simmons, uh, but you heard all the extra stuff there. Just what are your impressions on on this blockbuster deal between two division rivals, uh, you know, trading, which potentially, you know, could make both of them better? Yeah, nah, I, I was blown away by this. I'm going to just be honest with you. <laughs> Everybody, listen, I was blown away by this trade because these three juggernauts in the game were really supposed to do damage, and they only played 16 games. And they were 13 for three out of the 16 games that they played. Yeah. You know, so I didn't see nothing wrong at it all. At all, It was more so off the court where, you know, they it, it just didn't work, you know, for whatever reason. But at the same time, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. With that being said, basketball standpoint, you're talking about each individual 
that has been dominating the game, the league, for a very long time by themselves, you know, and to see such, I don't know what you call it, but this this unfamiliar of, of a competitor um, like Harden just jumping shit for whatever the case may be, it's kind of like, come on, man, like, you, where is this coming from? Because it was so fast, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think anybody had time to really lock in and... Yeah, it shocked me more so. But, you know, we definitely knew that Simmons was sitting out for the same reason. Of, uh, we could talk all day about his situation and caliber player he is and off the court, you know, mindset-wise. But it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Now you're dealing with two individuals that you can't say nothing to because they're too sensitive. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're changing jerseys in a way. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I look at it. So it's like, all right, well, We'll figure out if that works for both of you guys. This is what you want, but at the same time, it was it was just it was just I don't know. I have no words for it. It didn't make no sense to me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you because you know it's exciting. It's going to be exciting to see them on their new teams. But at the same time, like like you kind of alluded to, it's it's two guys who whether they were justified in, in being upset for whatever reason, uh, yeah. two guys who basically in one way or another kind of quit on their teams and then both got exactly what they wanted in a great situation <laughs> with their new team so i get you know i guess it works for them but um but yeah just super interesting especially you know for harden you could understand being you know frustrated by the you know the Kyrie situation and him not being avail- available to play all the time you know who's who knows whatever else you know was going on in the locker room that would that would lead harden to kind of shut down over the past couple of weeks the way that he has but um, mm-hmm. You know, like you said, Harden, one of the best players of all time. But this is a pattern of, you know, you said, like you said, a couple teams in a row. Houston, he quit on last year to get to Brooklyn. Yeah. And then a year later, kind of the same thing to get his way to Philadelphia, where you would think he'll be happy there, but you would have thought he'd be happy in Brooklyn. So who knows if in, exactly. if in a year he's wanting to go somewhere else again. So, um, yeah. you know, from that standpoint, it's it's really interesting. Um you know, from the Ben Simmons side of things, um, you know, as ideal of a situation, I think, as he could have hoped for, where, you know, this is, I guess you give big credit to Daryl Morey in Philadelphia, because they could have traded Simmons a long time ago at any point during the season. You know, we heard all the rumors, uh, you know, Portland interested, maybe like a CJ McCollum deal or a De'Aaron Fox deal with, with Sacramento. They end up holding out and getting James Harden. So for Philadelphia... That's a massive, massive win for someone who wasn't playing for you. And then for Ben yeah. Simmons, you know, instead of playing with a rebuilding type team, he's on a title contender and he gets to, you know, there's the pressure in that regard, but also kind of less pressure in a weird way where, you know, you know, Kevin Durant is the guy. You know that when he's on the floor, Kyrie Irving is a big time scorer. This is a team where, you know, you can run the fast break, you can handle the ball that way, you can set your set yeah. those guys up play defense like we know he can rebound and run uh it's kind of an ideal fit for him and obviously for philly you know a pick and roll with with harden and Embiid, you know that's a great pairing so i think for both team for both teams it, it might work out very well which is interesting because you know outside of you know milwaukee's probably still the favorite because they're the champs but you know we could see philly and brooklyn in the playoffs and both teams could be potentially stronger than they were before this this deal happens <laughs> No, for sure, and and it's, and it's I get it too. Now, when you're saying that too, because Simmons, 
he's they're masking the ideal fact that what he needs to work on is his shot. Now he really doesn't have to work on it at all. He can still be Ben Simmons and flashy passing and trying to do all the things that he normally does to get into the hole, posting up little guards and stuff like that. Because you got Durant and you got Kyrie Irving that are Olympic scorers that is going to you know do what they do best. So you're bringing somebody over there that now these guys get unlimited shots now. You know what I mean? You had James Harden taking, you know, 20 shots. If you split that in half, you're getting Kyrie Irving and and Durant extra 10 more shots. So that's even more scarier, you know? So, um, yeah, then you're getting James Harden over there. For sure. Let's let's not not be serious. For sure, out of them in, you know, Milwaukee, they're going to be, these three are going to be definitely up there for sure. And it's going to be, you know, uh, a crazy uh, playoff round, even with the Chicago Bulls playing out of this world right now on the East Coast, it's going to be really awesome to watch. You know, no question. And and I think you know to what you said at the beginning when we were talking about the trade, uh, the Nets team, you know this the big three that they had might be one of the biggest what ifs you know we've ever had in the NBA. Where like you said, they only played sixteen games together, thirteen and three, like you said. Um, and, you know, in the playoffs before, you know, Kyrie sprained his ankle and before Harden's hamstring kind of acted up, they were blasting teams. Like, they made the Celtics look helpless in that five-game series, just blowing the Crazy. doors off them. They, you know, they were up 2-0 on Milwaukee and won those first two games by, you know, the second game they won by 40. So, you know, this is a team that was pretty pretty much unstoppable when they were healthy, and they never really played together, and that's it. So, yeah, like you said, from that, that vantage point of it, it's... It's really surprising, you know, the kind of the level of Harden being that upset when he had just forced his way there for it to kind of fall apart so quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was him that wanted to come there, too. <laughs> it, it was it was Harden that wanted to actually piggyback off of these two guys and get there. It was, a, it was a, you know, a huge thing for him to get there and play against these guys, play with these guys. And, um, you know, it was, whatever happened, it had to start in the locker room because it you didn't see it going 13-3 and three on the court. <laughs> you didn't see it at all. You know, so whatever had to happen, and it happened in the locker room. And it definitely happened um, by the look of the face of, you know, Durant during matchups <laughs> of LeBron James <laughs> picking the All-Star game <laughs> with, the, with the blue steel face of not even smiling. <laughs> And picking Rudy Gobert, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leaving leaving Harden to the last pick was uh, definitely not unintentional from KD right after the trade deadline. Um, you know what? What a league! You know, always, always entertaining, always some uh, some drama, some pettiness going on. So, um, oh, yeah. you know, th- those subplots are going to be crazy to watch going forward. But it, but again, just what a, what a crazy what if for Brooklyn who. You know, it just it just goes to show you nothing's guaranteed in the league. Where they make that trade, it's like, oh, they might win multiple championships, and you know, they don't win one, and now the team is is a different team. So it's uh, it's crazy how much injuries and and just personalities can can quickly turn things in the NBA. Damn, Jess, I didn't think of that. This this might be the biggest what if, and when it pops up, you know what I mean? Unfortunate circumstance of what if. These, these two, this team could have won how many championships? That's crazy when I think about it too now. Yeah. Yeah. Just wild. So uh, we'll see what happens with, with both of those teams going forward. That's going to be, you know, must-see TV for both ways. 
um, you know, just wrapping up the trade deadline, uh, you know, of of Clipper interest. Our our old guy Montrez Harrell got traded to Charlotte. Uh, you know, Washington Wizards receive Ish Smith and and young player Vernon Carey Jr. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a, a good spot for for Montrez Harrell, and and kind of ironically, um, you know, Charlotte had a lot of interest in him, you know, when he was a free agent with the Clippers, and he ended up, you know, taking that deal with the Lakers. He might have been better off taking that deal with the Hornets initially, so he he might, after all of that, kind of be in the right spot, especially now with Lamelo there. It feels like kind of a, a perfect spot for Trez to kind of flourish in doing what he does and rolling to the rim and scoring inside and providing that energy. Yeah, he's been looking for that that itch, that uh, that best six man player um, type of role that he's had, you know, over here with the the Clippers. So he's been looking for that niche. He knows he's still that player. We know he's still that player, you know. And um, he definitely was chasing something as far as the championship, and it was unfortunate, you know, with the Lakers over there. But um, maybe he could get back to it, you know. And, and the Hornets are not, you know, shy of being a contender themselves you know later on down in the future for sure because they have some bright futures i mean bright you know stars that, that are blossoming into you know this league right now for sure so he can help and contribute yeah and then finally the other kind of big domino to fall uh you know there are obviously more trades than this but uh, cj mccollum uh the blazers finally breaking up that backcourt mccollum going to the to the pelicans <clears throat> um you know portland getting josh hart uh, a couple first round you know first round pick a couple second round picks Thomas Sadoransky, um, you know, a couple players they turned into to Joe Ingles and some others. So, um, you know, obviously that's that's a team that had some of the most continuity in the league, and clearly with Dame's injury and their struggles, it, you know, they finally decided to to kind of sell things off. So that's you know interesting, but you know, not unexpected move to to ship off CJ McCollum. Yeah, for sure, it was it was, it was a calculated move for sure. Um, these guys been playing for quite some time and they couldn't get over the humps themselves you know they they broke some some walls down and stuff and getting past the first round um but it was more firepower that was needed besides these two you know Damian Lillard and him um they played very well together you know and McCollison was nothing shy of an all-star I don't know why he's never an all-star at this point because he's unstoppable you know and um he's definitely gonna do some damage over there too as well so it was a great trade at the right time you know um it's not a rebuilding situation um because they really believe in Damon over there in portland and they're freeing up some gaps for uh the young fella who's just cooking right now i forgot his name oh yeah anthony simons simon yeah he's been doing an amazing job i just watched the game of him playing the lakers and he's very poised um and he's just going to get better especially with the you know our former um assistant coach uh, Chauncey Billups over there, you know, so it's going to be pretty awesome to watch him blossom and play alongside uh, Damon Leonard when he gets healthy as well, too. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, obviously, your former teammate, our guy Chauncey Billups, he looks like, you know, he's been dealt a tough hand with all those injuries, uh, but really having mm-hmm. those young guys compete really hard, so that, that's good to see with Chauncey over there. Um, sure. and, you know, just a, a crazy, fun deadline, you know, things will, we, we kind of head toward the All-Star break now, as you said, just this rough schedule, uh, continues for the Clippers right until the All-Star break, and then we'll see, you know, if they stay afloat and then kind of make a push toward the playoffs. Obviously, the the health of, of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will be, you know, at the forefront right after we finish get out through that All-Star break, and we'll see kind of where the Clippers are at after that. But uh, 
Uh, fun deadline. Uh, fun talking with you, as always, Alex. And uh, we'll be back next week to, to keep rolling with Clipper basketball. Let's go. That's it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, big thanks to my co-host, Alex Acker, for tapping in. And you remember, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, rate and review five stars, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart, wherever you get a podcast, we are there. And also find our show page at Believe.com. So that's it for this week's edition. We'll keep you up to date with everything going on with the Clippers as the season keeps rolling along right here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.